I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. So, hello and welcome to our special bonus episode of the Eurotrip podcast. Our first episode of the Eurotrip for what is a very special weekend for us. We are in Stockholm in Sweden. I'm Rob. This is James, my uh, learned colleague. Hello. Yes, hello. Yeah, we're actually in Stockholm right now, but what we're going to bring you today isn't Melfest related at all. We should clarify that to begin with. <laughs> yeah, when we put these flights to come over to cover Melody Festival and for the podcast, we thought this will be exclusively Melody Festival <laughs> and content, but apparently not because the United Kingdom decided that they were going to reveal their Eurovision entry today. And we have our song. It's Sam Ryder with Spaceman. And as ever, you know that when the UK drop their Eurovision entry, we love to bring you a bonus episode here on the podcast. Normally, courtesy of the man that's going to join us, BBC Radio One, Steve Holden. Hello. Hi, boys. How's it going? I'm in Sweden. No, I'm not in Sweden. I'm in Swindon. You're in Sweden. <laughs> I'm in my my home, my dad's house in Swindon on a very busy day. Um, so hello from the uh, Swindon jury. Yeah, hello from Sweden to Swindon and hello from Swindon <laughs> to Sweden. You said it's been a very busy day for you, be- partly because of all this Eurovision news for the UK, but then also give us the other side of it very quickly, because Eurovision isn't always glamorous for people like you who work around the event. <laughs> no, 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 no. So my, my day, Eurovision release day has fallen on the day that I've been helping my dad take everything in his house to the tip. So I've been to the glamour <laughs> of the Swindon dump today um <laughs> which is you know maybe a good opposite to the reaction that sam Ryder is good which has uh, not been too dumpy at all so yeah it's been a it's been a good day um and obviously uh, what a lot of eurovision fans have been waiting for 
lots of rumours that it was going to be Sam. He's been dropping hints himself. I'm sure you saw his Insta video where he was walking along the Italian flag yesterday. So hardly a surprise for lots of people, but um, it seems so far to have been given a really good reception. Now, Steve, there are so many things that we've wanted to ask you ever since, I guess, well, ever since a few weeks ago when we suspected it may be Sam and it may be Spaceman. When did you find it? Can you tell us when you found out? Um, I've known for a little while. I've not known for ages, um, but I have known for a little while. Um, not as long as you might think I've known for. And I, uh, I've had to keep it an absolute secret, obviously, because there's a there's a release plan and you know i didn't want to um annoy anybody so to speak um and today was always going to be the 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 release day but uh it meant that i was able to organize interviewing sam um and it's weird i don't know do you know the personal weird history that i've got with sam it's not weird it's just a, an odd connection no not at all so yeah so bring that to us so you mentioned as well the interview with uh, with sam which you have so generously shared steve with us that you that you did and we'll hear shortly in this uh, in this episode of the podcast but no go on what's your what's your connection yeah you get the director's cut of the interview um so last <laughs> year when he was launching his solo career i did his first interview so i was the first person to ever interview him from the BBC, from radio or whatever, because um, he'd been named as TikTok's most viewed artist on their platform, British artist for 2020. So he was launching a career. So I did an interview with him um, from his house where he does all his TikToks. And uh, I went to see him live last summer and got to meet him afterwards and say hello and everything. So when I did the interview with him, just this weekend just gone it was really nice because he was like hi Steve and I was like hi Sam so we had this kind of uh, nice connection and when I found out it was him I was really I was really pleased I was really pleased for him because I know how good he is I know how good a vocalist is uh, vocalist he is um, and I know how up for Eurovision he is which is what we all want from the UK right Absolutely. And we'll, of course, hear that from Sam very shortly when we hear Steve's interview with him. So a big thanks to Steve and, of course, BBC Newsbeat for allowing us to bring you that because it's great to hear that extended cut, of course, of that interview. But Steve, before we get to it, can you just give us a bit of a backstory on how we've gotten to this point? Because as listeners will remember, we spoke to you back in the autumn where the BBC signed this new deal because, of course, last year it wasn't such a good result for the UK, as we know. Tell us what the... <laughs> so it wasn't such a good result. That was very diplomatic, wasn't it? <laughs> but can you give us what the setup is now between the BBC and a new partner? Yeah, so um, in the autumn, basically, Tap Music, which is a massive management company, they have been responsible for the careers of Ellie Goulding, for Lana Del Rey, for Dermot Kennedy, most famously, and until very recently, Dua Lipa. And Ben, one of the co-founders who runs Tap Music, he did an interview with me last year saying, look, after the nilpois that we got with James Newman, uh, it's about time that someone kind of took the reins with this, realised the competition for what it is, um, that it's not just a boom and bust event. It's, some, it's a platform that um, somebody can uh, be elevated on, just like it happened for Monoskin. So as far as I understand, there's been lots of talks behind the scenes between the BBC and with TAP about finding somebody to go to Eurovision. Now, I don't know the ins and outs of it. I don't know when they decided on Sam. Sam is signed to Parlophone Records, 
Um, so Tap Music Management would have had to approach Parlophone or maybe Parlophone approached him. I don't know. But there's probably been a lot of names in the frame, a lot of goings backwards and forwards and everything, and they have settled on Sam. And the other thing which obviously you two know is the song is already out. It wasn't like it was released today. Uh, I think they did this tactically. I think they wanted to release the song um, and have it out there. Um, and Scott Mills made it his track of the week last week on Radio 1. So today, when it was finally announced, uh, it's already been getting streams for the last couple of weeks. It's like a new tactic, isn't it? Like stealth dropping the song this year, which is, a, like you said, Steve, a really great tactic because we've already seen that the song has done well out there. It's, it's got hundreds of thousands of streams, I think, on, on Spotify I've already seen. Is a real tactic, do you think, with this? And you mentioned that Sam was, was TikTok's most streamed British artist in 2020, which is why you got to interview him in the first place. And he has that title because he is such a good vocalist. And that has to have been, if not one of, but the main reason why either he'll be successful as the UK's Eurovision Act or why they went after him in the first place. There is a reason why people like Sam Ryder, because when he came to prominence during that first lockdown by singing snippets of cover versions, you had massive artists commenting on his posts. People like Justin Bieber, Alicia Keys, Sia, I believe, as well. Um, he has 3.5 million Instagram followers, 12 million TikTok followers. This is a guy who is known on those crucial social media platforms already. Like, that is a dream for the United Kingdom. Don't quote me on this, but I think he has more Insta followers than Mahmood and Blanco have combined. Like, he already has that base fandom. Um, one of my friends who you've chatted to, Daniel Rosny from the BBC, has an Italian flatmate. And apparently when he found out it was Sam Ryder, he was like, oh my God, the TikTok guy. Oh my God, you, you guys are gonna, you guys are gonna um, you do so well. And another um, artist, a Swedish artist, messaged me today saying, "Oh my God, you guys are gonna slay this year." This is somebody who is known already. And look, let's look at the whole package. You can talk about the song. You talk about uh, his visuals, what it's gonna look like. But his voice is amazing. Like some of the notes. There's a video on YouTube of him singing um, a Kate Bush track and it is beautiful. He can do tender and he can do the big notes. And what do we need at Eurovision? We need a last minute climatic build if you're gonna get onto the left side of the board. So I don't know if anything more could have been done at this stage regarding the United Kingdom. He ticks a lot of boxes for what people want, I would say. Former uh, former Eurovision entry for Sweden, Robin Benson, are trying trying to interrupt <laughs> us. I don't know if you can hear him. We're here in the in the Friends Arena uh, in Stockholm for Melody Festival, of course. James, should we get to it? Should we get to the interview? Yeah, I think we're better. Steve, do you want to do uh, do you want to do the introductions for us? Get us into this interview with Sam Ryder. Yep. So um, this is the interview that I did with Sam Ryder um, for Radio One's Newsbeat program, um, where we basically had a good old chat about why he was doing Eurovision the song and what he thinks of the contest. I am so excited, man. I've been such a fan of Eurovision since I was a kid. Um, what an opportunity. What an absolute dream and honour. I'm really excited. Did you need any kind of convincing? And just tell us how this came about. Basically, the meeting that I had I was basically, you know, in The Apprentice, when they have the sort of the debrief in the cafe on the losing team, it was a cafe like that. And sort of my manager said now look keep an open mind I've got something to ask you about 
do you want to do Eurovision? And immediately that there was, you know, I was terrified about the prospect of it, but also I've, I've loved the show and I love everything that it's about for so long. I remember Lordy's performance all those years ago. And yeah, it was just, I think it's such a, a privilege to be able to do it. So I'm so excited. What does Eurovision kind of mean to you and what potential does it have? I think it's just so cool to be included in with all of these amazing artists and creatives and performers from all across Europe. It's such a diverse community. Just to, to be able to be in the same room as those guys singing a song that I've written. Um, yeah, what, what more could you want from your career in music than that? I'm up in space Tell us about the song. It's called Spaceman, right? And unusually for Eurovision, the song is already out. Some you with, yes. with these announcements, you reveal the song as well. But you've done something a bit uh, more kind of like stealthy, really. You've already released the track. <laughs> yeah. So the song the song came out recently, a um, couple of weeks ago. It's about a feeling of trying to articulate that feeling when you feel really up in your head and a bit disconnected um, because you've been chasing things that potentially you don't really know that you want in your life but you're so enamored by the chase of it by the time you actually finally get there and turn around and look at the journey that you've had maybe all the things that you wanted were right there at the beginning you know like this is a popular show yeah i'm gonna throw up <laughs> how does that feel when you say it out loud i haven't really like spoke to anyone about it because it's been so secret you know and now that it's starting to um well, obviously it's all announced and it's out in the open. It's uh, it's becoming incredibly real. Like I'm actually gonna have to go to Italy and stand on a stage and sing it in front of this many people. <laughs> um, it's, it won't have escaped your mind that the UK re in recent years hasn't done too well. And the last two contests we've come last. Is that on your mind that we've we've not done too well previously? Like, did you need any convincing that this would be a good thing for you? You know what, Steve, it's just, for me, as long as I can go there and know in, in my heart of hearts that I'm gonna do the best job I can, then everything else is completely out of my control. I love Eurovision, so I don't wanna let the sort of the stigma or the fear of coming at a certain place in a table stop me from doing something and being a part of something that I enjoy so much. Uh, ser serious question though, with your social following on Instagram and TikTok, do you think that's actually going to help you this year because your reach kind of is is huge already? Like the, in another answer to the question um, earlier about why I wanted to do this, I have so much to sort of to owe a lot of people across Europe for supporting me in that initial lockdown. So many of those um, followers were from so many different countries around Europe and to have the opportunity to actually go there and play for those people um, was amazing. And like, I wouldn't be here without that support. And obviously we all haven't been able to tour extensively at the moment. So this is a great opportunity to get out there. With the world the way it is at the moment, especially what's happening in Ukraine, this event is gonna be a, almost like a global sign of unity in a way. There's no Russia, then they're not allowed to compete. 
how do you feel about competing on that global stage with the world the way it is at the moment? I think it's it's such a that's such a huge question and something that you could easily overwhelm yourself with. I, I'm trying to just always come back to the fact that music is about sharing and connection, about having a two-way conversation. And that's the only thing that I have in my power to do is remember kindness, uh, gratitude for the opportunity and empathy and just do the best job that I possibly can with within the realms of my control. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Ukraine have got a six-piece like boy band, rap group kind of type, and I, there's just going to be so much love for them, I think, if they make yeah, it to I, Turin. I heard, I heard the song the other day, and it's amazing. It's so good. Um, you mentioned Lordi earlier. Like, Are there any other performances that have stuck out for you over the years? Uh, Duncan was amazing, I thought. Um, and but, but yeah, Lordi was a huge moment in my life, Steve, because for me, I kept coming back to that when I was making the decision to do it, because... I loved Lordy before they did Eurovision. I remember going to buy their record and being stoked on them and seeing them on Eurovision. Like it didn't change the way I felt. It didn't have a stigma attached to it. I was just stoked for that band going to represent their country and smashing it out of the park. Just absolutely, it was so much fun to watch. And I, I think sometimes we can all get so caught up in how we're perceived if what we're doing is cool. That, that, that can define your whole life if you're not careful and you miss out on so many beautiful opportunities and moments. So, um, yeah, big up to Lordy for reminding me that that's like, just go for it. It's about singing and nothing more, just enjoyment and sharing that. 2020, that was the year of lockdown. That's where you kind of carved your mark as, as time as time flown, basically. Steve, honestly, it's easy to forget that. Like two years when you're in the maelstrom of, I guess, music, um, you you often I don't know you can you're always in danger of comparing your path and journey to other artists I mean everyone does it right I mean I'm sure you do it in your like in your line of work too um but remembering just having you say that like it's just two years nothing just like to what how yeah so grateful man and and you guys supporting since day one I remember the first interview that we had together like just over a year ago now right about whirlwind coming out and me sat in the Tesco car park because I couldn't get signal anywhere else <laughs> it's so cool man Radio 1 have been just amazing Eurovision is a very cherished event to a lot of people. It's, it's got yeah. such a massive fan following. I think, uh, what do you hope that you can bring to the fans of the contest? Um, I just hope that I am authentic and true to myself. I don't try and, um, you know, do anything. Like I said, it's not in my power to do anything else but that, as long as I don't get caught up in any of the the madness of it and I don't think I will I know um I feel centered I, f I know who I am I know what it is that I um you know what I stand for and it's like just about uh, an air of just joy and appreciation and love of music and I hope that that comes across you know you can enjoy something and it doesn't matter if someone's saying that it um maybe isn't cool or anything like that for me that's the time when I like alarm bells ring and be like actually I I totally I see the opportunity here because so many people can be in danger of wasting opportunities because they're worried if it's cool or not I love Eurovision it's amazing what an opportunity <laughs>
This is the Euro Trip. When you aren't listening, you can find us on social media. We're at Eurotrip Podcast. Warming you up for the Eurovision Song Contest. So there he is, Sam Ryder, the man representing the UK at the Eurovision Song Contest 2022, which is fast approaching, we must say. It's, it's, it's going to be here before we know it, just a couple of months. Don't forget, you can get in touch with us on social media. We are at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Hello at EuroTripPodcast.com on the email as well. So get your comments into us there. Big thanks to Steve and Newsbeat, of course, for allowing us to bring you that extended cut of Steve's interview with Sam Ryder. Steve, what a fantastic guy Sam Ryder is. Let's put the song aside for a moment because we know the song is fantastic. We know he's got great vocals. But isn't it fantastic to have an artist representing your country who is going to embrace the Eurovision Song Contest the way it should be done? Yeah, it was his passion for it came came across. I didn't have to tell him what a big stage this was. He knew it was a big stage. And I love um, one of my favourite bits of the interview is when he was talking about Lordy and how he loved Lordi before they did Eurovision. And then when they did Eurovision, he didn't think, oh God, they're doing Eurovision. It was like, oh, that's amazing they're doing Eurovision and nailing it and winning. Um, And that was 2006. And he has a Eurovision party every year. The amount of times he said, I love Eurovision. It's just, it is really nice to hear. You don't have to convince somebody to do it. He, He knew already what an opportunity it presented itself as and again that's all you can kind of hope for i think if you are a british eurovision fan somebody that takes it full on you know and is not ashamed not embarrassed by it and it's so important isn't it the artists like you said they get it because i think we see especially for the united kingdom potentially some of the artists in the past have turned up they've sung not done very well and kind of that's that with their eurovision story whereas sam is is going into it with an open mind which is another thing i think he said during that interview and a great thing about, about Sam Ryder is that I, I just can't get over the interview because it was so positive, is how much he, he kind of really wants the fans' support. You know, obviously, we know that a huge number of UK Eurovision fans are going to be listening to this podcast, and I think they're going to be so pleased that Sam is almost willing to take them on the journey with him. Yeah, totally. And I think that, I mean, the numbers speak for themselves, 12 million TikTok followers, and he's, he said in that interview... I have to thank them all for getting me to where I've got. And they come from across Europe, don't they? I think strategically, the best thing that a British Eurovision fan can hope for is that, you know, he gets, he ticks the both boxes in terms of the voice, i.e. the jury points, and in terms of the public recognition, picking up the phone, texting in, whatever, however the voting method may be, um, he gets the fan vote as well. That's all you can hope for is that you get a bit of both. You know, we we can't do worse than last year. You and that's no that's no offense to James Newman, who you know that I love and adore. And even yesterday, he was uh, voice noting me saying, "Who's singing for the UK this year?" He didn't know. <laughs> he was giving me loads of guesses, and I was like, "I can't tell you, James." Um, but you know, it's it's all we can hope for is that we come more up the table, and that's going to happen surely. I guess the big question um, for Sam, and it's a legitimate question, is obviously singing in your bedroom is a lot different to singing on stage in front of 200 million people, you know? And he has been doing gigs. He, he's been trying to get in the music industry for years. He was in a band previously, um, but, you know, never, never quite made it. Um, 
so it kind of remains to be seen whether he can transfer that intimacy and that connection to the big stage. We have to hope that he can, you know, he's a pro, he's a singing professional. Um, but if there was any kind of air of doubt, I think that would probably be the, the, one, the one area. I think when it comes to a Eurovision performance, it comes down to three elements, doesn't it? You've got to have a vocalist who has the ability to sing live, which Sam clearly does. They have to have a song, which is superb, which he does have as well. It's picking up pace already. It's already gaining some sort of momentum. But then also it's that stage performance, isn't it? Which is some time, shall we say, (laughs) where the UK maybe drops the ball. But you look at some of the artists under TAP's roster at the moment, and you see some of their live performances. You just have to think about Dua Lipa, for example, and the amount of live performances she gives and the standard of that live performance she can give. You think back to the Brits last year. I think there was a VMA's performance a few years ago that stands out for a lot of people. If they can bring that sort of element to a live performance, Sam's going to be taking all the boxes, isn't he? And no giant trumpets. And no giant trumpets. <laughs> I still stand by... No, do I stand by the giant trumpets? I don't know. I'm indifferent to the giant trumpets. Um, I think Scott Mills, uh, my learned colleague at Radio 1, said it's all about connecting with the viewer at home down the camera lens. Sam already has nailed that. This is what Scott said. Sam already na- has already nailed that on TikTok. So can that also happen at Eurovision? I think... We're off to a good start, I would say, as a, you know, I'm an impartial journalist, as I always tell you when I come on your podcast, but I think I'm allowed to say that we're off to a good start compared to some previous years. I know that I saw Lucy Jones tweeting about him earlier, um, too, who's obviously probably our most recent best result, I would say. I know Jade Ewan was the last to get into the top 10, um, but I feel like, well, the fans certainly feel that Lucy really gave a, a polished performance in 2017. So I'm excited. I am really excited. It feels like there is a bit of momentum behind the UK already. And I know there are 39 other countries. And even today, I know Greece dropped their song and that's already getting loads of buzz. Um but Sam's done, Sam done, it's, it's like a, it's like a 10,000 meter race, isn't it? At the Olympics, you know, you can start off well, but you've got to keep going and you might have a little dip, but as long as you get to that sprinting end at the end, you can still get the gold medal. So let's see what happens. But you always need a bit of a springboard. That's the thing. And I think, like you say, with Sam, with his fan base, with the support he's already got, I think we've already got that, which is fantastic. Steve, is this a free hit for the UK this year? Or is it not? Is this possibly the most important Eurovision year the UK have ever had? Because, of course, on the face of it, nil point last year, no points. It can't get any worse. So this year's a free hit. We're guaranteed to do better, you'd think, you'd hope. Or is it is it the most important year ever? I think this is the reset year. So I think this is essentially the Netherlands in 2013 when they entered a nuke after years of not even qualifying for the final. And I'm not saying that uh, Sam is going to win straight away. He might do. But I just feel it's that reset button where there's a different attitude to it. Um, there's a different focus. Uh, the right people are involved. Um, the performance will matter. So I think it's in the UK's Eurovision history, it's kind of it could be akin to Netherlands in 2013. 
Yeah, you talk about this sort of reset, don't you, and this new attitude. And I want to pick up on one of the things that Sam said in the interview you did with him, Steve. And I know this is something that you've picked up on too online. The quote where he said, I don't want to let the stigma or the fear of coming at a certain place in a table stop me from doing something and being part of something that I enjoy so much. He's not worried about this at all, is he? Even if and we don't think it would happen, even if he does come bottom and nobody votes for him at all, he, he's just going to enjoy the ride, which is the exact mentality you need for this, isn't it? Yeah, you need somebody who just wants to go and sing their song to a big audience, which surely most Eurovision contestants at this point in 2022 want to do. It's exciting. It's really exciting. It's like it's a good day, I think, it to be is. a UK Eurovision fan. So, yeah. And he has See, amazing he hair. Wants... He has amazing hair. He does hair. have amazing I'm, ex- I'm excited for, um, already, I appreciate this is getting ahead of myself, I'm excited for the flag parade. I just feel like he's going to do a proper like hair, hair whip. He comes out, the United Kingdom, I can see it now. I'm jealous of him because like, I know I've got a beard, but he has an even better beard, you know? You look at that beard, that is a strong beard, you know? Is it his Twitter or his Instagram? He's literally, he's Sam Wolf Rider. Which I think is, is is bang on. Yeah, he's well on Instagram. He's Sam Hair Wolf Rider. Come on! <laughs> How I hope they have that, that on the uh, on the caption when it comes up. <laughs> Just for his bad form, that'd be good. Yeah, what a day! As we say, so much amazing news for UK Eurovision fans today. And yeah, this, I don't know what else to say now. Honestly, it just seems like we wait for these days for so long, don't we? And then when they come around, you just don't know how to react. You don't know how to feel. You sort of feel like ready for action, don't you? We said at the top of the show, Eurovision Turin is going to be here before we know it. So, yeah, Steve, thank you so much for joining us today. And as we say, a big thanks to you and BBC Newsbeat for bringing us that extended cut of your interview with them. We're all very excited for Turin. Yeah, and one one more point I just want to make quickly. Um, Got to really big up Radio 1 as well because Radio 1 has taken the lead on the Eurovision announcement this year Um, so Scott Mills went on Greg James on the breakfast show and gave this really impassioned speech about how everybody else at Eurovision really takes the contest seriously and gets behind the act and Scott made this really impassioned kind of pledge for it which just felt a big moment it felt very different to previous years and it was great to see Radio 1. I know I'm biased, I work for it, but it was great to see it leading on the Eurovision announcement. So, um, yeah, if, like I said, the re- it feels like the reset button has been pressed. It certainly does. Like, Eurovision is, Eurovision is cool again. Mm-hmm. Eurovision's, like, going after those younger audiences. Manishkin have made a real difference. Like, 2022 feels, it feels very different. It feels like a different Eurovision world out there. Let's hope that in a few months' time, we won't be saying that we came bottom again. Steve once again thank you to you thank you to BBC Radio 1 thank you to Newsbeat we really appreciate it and I know all the UK Eurovision fans listen to this we'll uh, we'll be super grateful for, for them having the chance to hear that interview so yeah thank you very much thanks for having me on boys don't forget you can get in touch with us on social media we're at Eurotrip Podcast Wow, yeah, as I just said. (laughs) How many times have we said wow? Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. What a day it has been for UK Eurovision fans. Well, not not just UK Eurovision fans, but the reaction we've seen from across Europe today has been extraordinary. And I think Steve mentioned it as well. The way the UK has been appearing at the top of some of the betting odds, and I know we shouldn't get ahead of ourselves, but it is always exciting to see your home country performing well in pools or the odds. Yeah, what a day it's been, Rob. 
Yeah, it doesn't happen very often, does it? So, uh, yeah, we need to make the most of days like this. It was funny. We uh, we were having our breakfast at Heathrow this morning when the, <laughs> when the UK uh, Eurovision announcement uh, was revealed who, who our app was going to be. And uh, immediately, I think you popped onto the uh, the betting site and you went, we're in the top five. <laughs> I appreciate it doesn't count for a lot, but no, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a good day to be a UK Eurovision fan. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. We've already said, but we'll say it again. Thank you so much to Steve Holden, to BBC Radio 1, to BBC Newsbeat, because... We are so lucky that Steve is kind of willing to, to share that interview and ready one are willing to share that interview with us because you won't hear that anywhere else. So thank you very much to everybody for tuning in. And please do let us know what you thought of it at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter, on Instagram. We are hello at EuroTripPodcast.com if you want to send us an email. And as well, of course, we are online too for loads of exclusive stories, not just about the UK's Eurovision Act, but for loads of stuff from Melfest this weekend as well because, of course, James, we are here in Sweden for Melody Festival. And so, yeah, please do get in touch. Yes, please do. We always love to hear from you and we think you love to hear from us. And uh, because of that... <laughs> oh, oh I, hope, I hope you do because you're going to hear a lot from us this week. Exactly. We will be back with you, not in a few days' time, not in a week's time, but tomorrow morning we'll be back in your podcast feed with one of the first of our preview episodes for the grand final of Melfest 2022 because we're as we say we're here right now inside the Friends Arena where the Melfest final is taking place and we'll be bringing you all the best coverage we can of the finalist weekend absolutely we will this is the Eurotrip's first Eurotrip you will hear us say that a lot <laughs> over the next few days but thank you so much for joining us really really appreciate it and uh, and yeah we hope you tune in to, to everything else that we've got in store this week but for now from me Rob it's goodbye And from me, James, it's goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.